Hello, 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 and welcome back to another episode of Love at First Psych, a Psych First Watch Rewatch podcast. I am one of your hosts, Jay Christie, joined as always by first-time psych viewer, Andre Burr. Andre, how are you? I'm feeling good. It's super, it's finally summer here in LA. Um, it's hot as hell, but uh, yeah, I'm here. How are you? I'm doing well, uh, as we just were discussing. Uh, we're recording this on Tuesday. I just saw, I saw Dead Reckoning Part 1, Mission Impossible. Uh, you know. It's a great film, big fan. Uh, TC can do no wrong, you know. I mean, except for you know all the stuff he's done wrong. Um, yeah. And but in the in when it comes to what is displayed in the multiplex, I mean, the man is unquestionable. But that's not what we're here to talk about. We're now, here to you talk know about- what though? No, sorry, no, 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 no. Go. Sorry, I agree. But also, um, after watching Vanilla Sky not too long ago, mm-hmm. I'm kind of like upset that he just decided to just do franchises. Like, you know, yes, really I mean, yes, like that. And he's got it. He, he can do it. I know he does. I, it's because I think he is just terrified of making a misstep where people stop liking him. And that and I think that that coincided with basically the fact that no movie that's not a part of a franchise these days is guaranteed to make any money. And I don't he's not he has no desire to make a film people won't see. Like, that's not to say that, like. He is not interested in making non-franchise movies, but I think he's like, well, if I were to do a drama, then there's a chance it wouldn't be successful, and I can't have that happen. Sounds like he's addicted to being a daredevil. He is, uh, and that's what we're talking about. We're talking about the episode of Psych Daredevils, which is, of course, not the uh, not about the Marvel character Daredevil, because uh, that show is currently shut down uh, due to the writer strike. But we're talking about Daredevils, the people who do stunts. Now, have you ever been to a Daredevils type show? No. Yeah, neither am I. Not really, you know. I, I wouldn't be opposed to it, but didn't I was I wasn't a very big county fair type person growing up, wasn't my vibe. I've been to them. There's some good food, I mean I've but... been to a county fair, but never one that's like that that they would have that type of thing. But we start off yeah. with a low a low level daredevil, Sean, who is uh riding as yeah, a flashback, try going to ride and jump over a, a classmate. Um does this, is that something that anyone you ever knew did? Try to set up a ramp to jump their bicycle? I would do that. Not with you a do? bicycle, with a, with a skateboard. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. I think that the whole jumping over a kid, he's lucky that Henry caught him because Henry actually grabs him because that kid would have been like concussed. There's no. He was standing right in front of the fucking ramp. He wasn't even laying flat on the floor or anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I, but did, Sean, okay, I yeah. did that. I did the, Sorry, I did that once. I, I was. Not jumping over anybody, but I went off of a ramp, and it wasn't that high, but I definitely like flew off and landed straight on my tailbone. And after that, I'm like, I'm never doing this again. It was the most painful yeah. thing. I've ever I done. think people underestimate how fast you need to be going in order to go enough distance to make you not just fall back. You know what I mean? Like people underestimate that if you're only going, if you're going as fast as like you can pedal, you are not going to go far enough to clear basic anything. <laughs> like, you, there, you know, there's a reason why people usually do that with like ramps. Um, gravity is very strong. And uh, yeah, it's what 9.8 meters per second. So you have to be going faster than that to go further than the height. And so, okay. yeah, you know, a little math so for you, you guys. Yes, as you mentioned, Henry stops him and Henry basically scolds him and tells him like, you know, what what got into your head and he said that he's doing it to impress all of his friends and henry gives him the important lesson that these people aren't really your friends they're just here to see you know either something cool or to see you completely get fucked up 
Yeah. Um, and he compares him to the kid who can shoot milk out of his eye. And Sean wants to be as popular as him. Now, that's not something I've ever seen. Have you ever seen someone shoot milk out of their eye? No, I've never seen. I've seen it like on a TV show. Like one of those Yeah, I know it's a thing that one can do. But um, like, no, how do you even discover that? How do you even know you can do that? I, honestly, no idea. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, but okay. I mean, at least probably one person figured it out and then said, hey, can you shoot milk out of your eye? And then someone else said, yeah, I think I can. But anyway, we then cut to the present day where Sean and Gus are at a Daredevil show because apparently they got paid for it. They got paid in tickets. Yeah, by Wolf Boy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and the person performing there is none other than Daredevil Dutch the Clutch, who apparently was like on TV once back in their childhoods. And Sean says that he jumped over the Springfield Gorge. Yeah, which is a Simpsons deep cut. Um, but also, okay, if your name is going to be Dutch the Clutch, you're definitely changing your last name from J- Jenkins to like Van de something. Or yeah, that's something true. Dutch sounding. Yeah, I yeah. I was like, okay, he must be Dutch uh, on his mom's side. Mm-hmm. And so he, this guy, Dutch the Clutch, is attempting to go down a ramp on a motorcycle and then jump through a ring of fire blindfolded, which is a dangerous stunt. I, you know, y- you couldn't pay me enough to do that. Uh, and so he is a quite, a, he is a daredevil. Um, and, uh, as he's going, the, uh, Sean notices that his fuel line is leaking. And then he, of course, gets into a big ball of fire, wipes out. And it's a question of you, you, I assume you probably thought that he died, you know, cause this show is usually as murder. Yeah. I thought he was dead for sure. Um, you know, at first it seems like it. He's not. He's he's kind of motionless on the ground. But uh, the you know the emergency staff or team managed to get him up to his feet, and he's moving. So and you know he's good. He seems to be super fucking amped. As a matter of fact, so yes. everyone's like, "This is amazing." And mm. Sean is like, "This was attempted murder, actually." Exactly. So Sean and Gus go through this the fair to try to you know talk to them, talk talk to the team because they think that it's attempted murder. Um, and, uh, they meet, they try to get in and they meet his son, Lewis, who, uh, tells them that his, that this is not a new thing, that the last two stunts went wrong in a weird way. And, um, you know, the Sean wants to get on the case and Gus wants a retainer check, but of course they're not going to give it to him. And then, so one of my favorite, this is just a bit that I love so much of Sean says, I will punch you in the knee. And Gus says, go ahead, go ahead. And he punches them and just, ah, <laughs> I just love how simple that is. He just punches him in the knee. Actually, my my favorite thing was when they're walking through the state fair and Gus mentions that he's the only black person at the state right. fair. One, and then two, he catches a rebound from like uh, one of those like basketball like mm-hmm. games, and he completely fucking bricks it, which just yeah, I thought that was fucking hilarious. Yeah, and so we learned that they're in dire straits financially. That the last thing they did, they shared the bill with Yippee the hiccuping terrier. I love the way Gus says, he's still hiccuping? <laughs> yeah, apparently he's been hiccuping for like nine years or some yeah. shit. So yeah. that's, that's poor, poor dog. Yeah, I, so- I think I told you, I, it might have even been when we were recording the monk pod where I was like hiccuping for like three days. Yeah. It was so fucking painful like after like the first day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so imagine how that terrier feels. Uh, he must have been fucking ripped because like yeah, it's he- a lot of uh, a lot of core uh, yeah. muscle being used. Yes. So anyway, they and they go up into the after party. We cut to the station when uh, Jules asks Carlton how his date went, and apparently the date and this this has got to hurt. Got up to go to the bathroom and never came back. Which wow, 
Okay, but still unclear on whether they ate the crab cakes and it made her sick, or right. upon ordering the crab cakes, she took off. Unclear. But what we learn from Jules's questioning is that apparently he told the dead clown story and then used the crayons on the table to uh, to diagram the dead clown, which I, I, I don't know what the dead clown story is, but I can't imagine it's a good first date story. Especially Maybe with Lucy telling it. Maybe not, but I don't think it's like such a fucking deal breaker, but also I'm like an incredibly sick bastard, so I guess, you know. But also the thing is, I think that Lassie wouldn't, the things that Lassie would find funny in it would not be the sick things you found funny in it, you know? He'd think it's funny that like they just deliver justice to this clown and, you know, he's just, yeah. I can't imagine he's a good date. But anyway, we cut into the actual after party. Um, and for some reason, they the music department sprung to get an Alban Brothers song, even though it's just in the background. Um, but we get we meet the agent Manny, um, and we learn though from Lewis that everyone there likes him. You know that he they were all work for him. Like it's unclear who would want to kill him. Yeah, yeah, it's unclear. Um, and not only are they unclear on who would kill him. They think it's a fool's task because essentially Dutch thinks that he is the unkillable yeah. uh, person. Um, and to be honest, like we meet him, um, you know, Sean and Gus introduce themselves as Die Hard and Die Harder, which I like. And But then Sean says that there are two others that are worse, which is just empirically untrue. Die Hard by the Vendance is better than Die Hard 2. Like, I actually don't think that, like, I feel like that's a consensus opinion. I don't know. I haven't seen those movies in forever. Um Die Hard 2 is... Free it's, Die Hard stinks, so... It does. It does. But the difference is, like, Die Hard 2 was directed by Rennie Harlan, whereas Die Hard The Vengeance, they bring back John McTiernan. And, you know, Rennie Harlan has never made a... Rennie Harlan is not half the director that John McTiernan is. You know, I've never... I mean, I haven't seen the first Die Hard since I was, like, seven. I, I mean, the first Die Hard, I, we, my family watches basically every Christmas. And it is a masterpiece. It's one of the greatest action movies ever made. And the second Die Hard is a lot of fun. And the third Die Hard is also a very, is a really good action movie. That, I, I just found that was a strange joke. Because I feel like, as someone who didn't grow up with them, even I felt even like when I was growing up, the consensus opinion was that one and three are the best. Like, I, the joke just, you know, it's not even like I feel like I'm giving a contrarian opinion. That was just always the opinion I heard, was that one and three are the best. Uh, I don't know. No, I've always heard the first two are, like, you know, impeachable. Nah, I mean, I mean Unimpeachable. the best thing about... The best thing about Die Hard, of course, is that every sequel to Die Hard was not originally a Die Hard movie. It was an original action movie that someone just rewrote to make a Die Hard movie, which is very fun. Um, yes, true that. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so that um, they're being brought on as uh, basically two stunt testers is what they are. I think they're called Die Hards. Um, and uh, Dutch is joking with them that apparently the last two uh, got decapitated. Yeah, but unfortunately, um, it's not technically decapitation if the head doesn't completely fall off, which is not true. You can That's have not true. Decapitation. Yeah. Yeah, it's the thing that happens. All it's actually you know like there's plenty of internal decapitations. Yeah. yeah. Um, we meet his wife Vicky, um, and uh, they ask Sean and Gus what the most dangerous thing they've done recently was. And I believe they go to Taco Joe's. Everyone. Taco John's. Yeah. Taco John's. Yeah. Um, which. Sure, I guess uh, the try the the try is it the try hard no try you know whatever like the the typical trope of like having Mexican food is being very risky. Yes, yeah, which is you know come on you're 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 in a, tried and true tried and true tried and true yeah yeah uh, and so Dutch is so happy about this answer he hits the table and breaks his wrist um, and we he mentions that he's had a concussion since 1982 and that beer tastes like metal to him. 
Um, he's really, <laughs> he's really on that Wes Welker program. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, yeah. He's 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 yeah. Hey, he's an interesting guy. He seems like a good time though. To he fair. seems like a good time. He's got scrambled eggs in his noggin, but good time. Um, and uh, we then see at the same time there's a TV ad for another daredevil named El Diablo, which. Ooh, he's secret. Who is he? He's anonymous. Yeah, it's a very um, Speed Racer, Racer X kind of uh, relationship, it seems. Um, in a lot more ways than you think. You you know what I'm talking about, right? I've never actually seen Speed Racer, no, unfortunately. I mean, I was just going to roll with the reference. Okay, well, basically, Speed Racer is, you know, that guy. And Racer X is this dude who anonymous, uh, anonymously, like, races against him and basically cleans yes. his clock almost every time. And it ends up that it's his, his strange brother... Rex? Yeah, Rex. Well, good for them. I hope they just I hope they work that out. Um but we learn that Manny gets uh I'm sorry, I just, I, I thought it'd be funny to be just it's really not fucking selling it. Thank you. <laughs> um but uh Manny gets Dutch a canyon jump, which, you know Lewis doesn't want him to do. Lewis wants him to retire. But he's still the the party is ever. He decides he's gonna jump off this uh, porch for a couple hundred dollars, and yeah, it's it's been clear to Sean and Gus that it's gonna be a hard task to keep this guy alive. Yes, it's gonna be very tough because he's a maniac. So we go back to the police station, and Vic calls Jules into her office. Apparently, um, Lassie has had three complaints against him this month. Um, what those complaints are about, unclear. Mm-hmm. But um, Jules somehow links this to him having a very unfulfilled dating life. Mm-hmm. And so indirectly, Vic basically tells her a story about how once she had a partner on the force who was an alcoholic. And one day she like uh, handcuffed him to, I don't know, fucking radiate or something. I don't That's know. what she says. Yes. Yeah. And that he had two choices to either, you know, get off the bottle or chew his hand off. And that seemed to work. Um, to which Jules asked if that's her true story, and she mentions maybe not. It might have been something she saw on TV. Yeah. And so, yeah, she needs to get Lassie a girlfriend. Um, and we go back, and we learn that Dutch apparently doesn't have a will. So it's not like... Um, we go back to the office, I mean. And so it's not like someone's trying to get an inheritance. Uh, but as is going on, Gus is reading the forms they have to... Uh, sign to be stunt testers and there's different things of being chewed to death by a, a metal robot being deboned killed and re-killed and sean of course says gus don't be an old sponge with hair on it but the last one is mime to death and gus thinks it's a typo but sean says we're well, we gonna get killed by marcel marceau marcel marceau was dead sean i don't know for some reason stuff like that is just why i love the show <laughs> yeah but they decide that they're gonna I'm check no, out. I'm no, I'm no selling all your jokes now. That's fine. I'm I'm bad at selling jokes, and I, it's 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 a fault of mine. Uh, but also, you were telling joke. You were just telling me the plot of Speed Racer. No selling, no selling references. Fair, You're fair. Just like, fair. oh, okay, cool. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> I, what am I gonna do? Uh, very interesting. I've never seen Speed Racer, but it's very interesting. It's his brother. Um. Anyway, next you're gonna tell me that Darth Vader is uh, Luke Skywalker's dad. Uh, that's mean. <laughs> um, but they want to go investigate El Diablo. Um, because apparently he always comes into town right around the same time as Dutch does. And the fact that it took them to figure this out, like this is, what are the odds that there's all the towns in the country and El Diablo happens to only perform in places that Dutch just went? Correct. Yes. Very strange. Um, and so, yeah, Dutch, I'm sorry, El Diablo even has the, the canyon jump uh, mm-hmm. booked as a result. Um, and so they speculate, you know, if 
El Diablo manages to wipe out Dutch, mm-hmm. then he's got no competition. He'll be the hottest act in town. So there's the motive. Um, and not only that, but apparently, for, I guess for the only time, El Diablo mm-hmm. had performed the night before as opposed to the night yeah. after. So his team had access to Dutch's equipment. Mm-hmm. And Gus, this is enough for Gus to just be sold on the fact that El Diablo must be behind yeah. this. So they go to an antique bike show, which doesn't have that many bikes, but El Diablo's making an appearance there. Um, they approach him and introduce, it says, you know, I'm Sean Spencer and this is my partner, Squirts McIntosh. Um, and Diablo immediately flees on his motorcycle. So they assume that that means he's guilty. Sean hops on a motorcycle with a sidecar and Gus gets to the sidecar. I just love the image of the motorcycle going away and Gus is just sitting in the sidecar. Yeah, yeah. Uh, turns out the sidecar is not connected to the motorcycle, so it's a one-on-one chase. Um, so they go through the park. Uh, takes a little bit of time, but eventually mm-hmm. Sean gets ahead of him and manages to close off the path right after a bridge, and mm-hmm. that causes basically El Diablo to take a spill. Helmet comes mm-hmm. off, and surprise, surprise, Lewis, the son of Dutch, is yeah. El Diablo. And Gus comes rolling up on a mini bike, and he points out that you know uh, Lewis is guilty of uh, attempted patricide, and then Sean says, "Yeah, and you tried to kill your father." <laughs> Yeah, I just love that Sean doesn't know words. You know, it always is funny. Um, yes, and he points out that the only reason he ran is because he wants his identity to be a secret. That Dutch, preve- uh, ba- you know, didn't want him to follow in his footsteps. Um, and what we learn instead is that he has been using uh, Dutch's old equipment, like the bike that you know used to say Vicky on it that he currently has. That um, he used it because Manny, the agent, got him a new bike right before the show. So. Um, you know, interesting. Now, yeah, now it's looking like Manny might have a hand in uh, yes. the chicanery. Yeah, and that maybe he's not trying to kill Dutch, but maybe he's trying to juice up the prices by making the stuff more dangerous. Yeah, you know, I mean, I think if you're in for a penny, you're in for a pound with these mm-hmm. kind of shows. I don't really think you're going to be super. I mean, yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't think I know anybody in my life that has ever gone to like a Daredevil show. I don't even know if those exist, like if they still happen all the time. I know there's like they definitely do at like shit. county fair, at like county fairs in Texas and shit. I mean, there's like 213 counties in Texas, so that's a lot of shows you can have. God damn, really? I mean, I mean, don't see how close my number is. Number of counties in Texas, oh, baby, oh, baby, 254. I was low. Jesus. Um, yeah, too many counties. Um, so we then see Jules in the, the station, definitely committing an HR violation, scoping out women, leering. Um, and uh, yeah, so they t- she tells Sean that she's trying to get a date for Lassie, but they ask for a background check on Manny Robertson. But she doesn't even need to do a background check because she knows him. He's doing a lot. He does a lot of get quick, quick scams. Yeah. Um, I'm assuming everybody at the police station thinks she's a lesbian at this point. Judging from what's going on here, and then yeah. that one that one thing where she was trying to like sweet talk the other female police officer. Yeah, she's bad at making her intentions known. Correct. Um, yeah, so I'm just curious what kind of get rich scams uh, Manny was trying to pull previously. I feel like that's a thing that happens a lot in like TV shows, but like I, do, I, I mean, I don't hang out with a lot of CD people, but on like a multi level marketing thing, I don't know if I really know anyone who's ever tried a full on get rich quick scam. You know. Um. Uh, does does like uh working for a bookie count? No, because that's not your own scam. Like that's the bookie scam, you know. Like that's someone else yeah. doing the work. How about like Cutco? 
that's why I said multi level marketing. So like that's but that one thing that's also not even a thing you're coming up with. Like I, you know what I mean? But when you even get a quick game, it's like someone doing a thing themselves. Like you know, like getting hit by a car or something. Or yeah, exactly. I it, that or like you know, uh, like buying something in bulk and then like what mass faking what it is and massively upselling it like i'm talking about like the crimes because i feel like in movies and tv it's like oh they have a bunch of fraud charges from get rich quick schemes i'm sure they happen i think that you and i like even though you know i feel like you probably just based on stories you've told lately have met more cd people than i have i don't think either of us are in enough cd situations to be around people who are full-on committing fraud on a regular basis yeah probably not um, no. and i'm glad because like you know yeah, I'm pretty gullible. I, I'm, I'll, I'll stay mum on this one. Of course. <laughs> um, and so, as Jules is hating on the devils, Goss decides to prove how cool they are by jumping over some chairs. We cut forward, and we see Buzz is trying to jump over, like, ten chairs. He has no shot. He falls over. I don't know why the scene's in the episode. Maybe they just needed more time. <laughs> I guess so. I mean, and honestly, like, way that Gus jumps over the chairs, he jumps over, like, the slow portion of it. If you're really going to do yeah. something, you stack them up back to back, and you jump yeah. that shit. It's like when Blake Griffin jumped over the hood of Kia. Yeah, exactly. I always, <laughs> I never understood that shit. Like why everyone thought it was so fucking cool. I mean, yeah, that, the whole thing. Like, I mean, that's the whole pro- problem with so many things in the uh, dunk contest is, you know, the pageantry is what looks cool. I haven't even like, watched. I haven't watched a dunk contest in like a decade. I watch it because I don't have enough going on in my life to not. Um, also, because it's after the three point contest, which is fun. Actually, yeah, I like so. the three point contest. Yeah, I think I stop after. And then they have the skills competition, which they're insistent on making worse every year. Um, it's really something. How they're like, what if there were teams? It's like, or what if there was a thing where there was a time limit and players just had to show off skills? And that was the whole thing. <laughs> Why? I think all so All-Star need- games, all All-Star games, all Pro Bowls, that shit all sucks. I don't even bother with that. I don't even watch the Home Run Derby. It's fun. I mean, I watched, them, I watched it last night. I'm watching the All-Star game right now on the TV, you know. Uh, it's which the funny thing is I think that baseball is the best All Star game only because it's the one that people can go most full speed because there's no not as much of risk of injury. Um, yes, fair. The thing is, this is I would never do because this is so anti labor. But if they wanted to make the All Star game better, you know what they would what I would do is just if my only job is to make the All Star game better, I would write into the contract that your rest of your contract is void if you are determined to not be playing hard in the All Star game. Once again, you can't do that and you shouldn't do it because that's anti labor. But I mean, if they really are serious about it, it'd be like, oh, if you're not trying hard in the Pro Bowl, sorry, the rest of your contract, you don't get it. Well, no, then, you should do that. Do, they should just do... Actually, no, that would be actually very bad. I was going to say they should do US versus the world, but the world would get fucking mopped. Also, probably. they do that with... Uh, but And the problem is not who's playing. It's that they don't have an incentive to... Or, like, just ma- literally make it... And once again, they wouldn't do this. Like, you have a... What if the team that won, everyone got a million dollar bonus? <laughs> like, you know? Yeah. But the, 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 pro, the, the whole, they try to take it away, but the whole problem is, like, if the players are not incentivized to play as hard as possible, which involves risking injury, then it won't ever be good. But it's whatever. Um, it's not actually that important a thing. I think there's yeah. too much made of it. No. Um, but uh, we then cut to Sean and Gus rolling back up to this, you know, facility, and... Dutch's car blows up, and you think he got assassinated, but of course, it's just a test done. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> you think that he got blown up, but, I mean, he stumbles out of there, and apparently it was a rehearsal? Yeah. A rehearsal for what? I don't know, because I don't think he does this stunt, like, no. later on. In and the they just wasted thing. a whole car? <laughs> yeah, I guess. I mean, I guess he always got to stay, um, you know, 
Uh, anyway, um, so and then as they're walking in, uh, Dutch alludes that he's going to strip Vicky down, um, and they think that he's being too forward. But of course, his bike's also named Vicky, um, and mm. uh, they then give Sean and Gus two like suits to wear. And basically, what happens is they end up get they're testing flame retardant suits, um, which uh, you know Gus is not happy about. He thinks they're out of their damn mind. Yeah, I mean, I think I think honestly, I would try it. Seems like a fun thing to do. Yeah, I probably I'm someone who's I'm incredibly trusting of. I would people. do it for free. No, I'm incredibly trusting of people and equipment. Like I'm I'm someone who like I kind of just like if people who I think know what they're talking about say something works, I just can't. I I feel like a lot of people are unreasonable with what they are willing to question whether they work. Like when like some people will be like, oh, like even people who are not like, you know, anti-vax people were like, I just don't know what's in the COVID vaccine. It's like with medicine, you just got to either you accept all of it or you accept none of it. Like you can't, you know what I mean? And same thing with like safety procedures. It's like either I accept that flame retardant stuff works or I don't. Like I can't. I, and so I think if you paid me enough, yes, I would, I would do that. Because I, I, yeah. enough people have been set on fire for movies that like clearly they've solved flame retardant suits. Like there's a thing, a solved problem. Um, Absolutely. So anyway, uh, Manny comes in with a last-minute thing that Diablo can't do a clock drop, and I'm going to do it right now with no rehearsal. And despite the concern, uh, Dutch mentions that he wants drop from, like, what was it, like 100 feet? No, he said 500 feet. Sorry, right, 500 feet. off. No, that's, that's later. That's the blimp. Um, the blimp is later. He says he he dropped. He, he said he, I think he said like he dropped off a clock tower. The thing is that he's he woke up and still made it to a George Thorough good concert two hours later. Um, okay, you know. gotcha. And so yeah, they we caught up to the roof with a bad green screen. Um, and, yeah, very uh, the room esque. Yes, and we see a bit of product placement for Dunkin' Donuts, which according to the trivia on uh, Amazon. Doesn't make sense because Dunkin' Donuts weren't even in the area until 2008. So, little fun fact. Correct. Yeah, um, I'm actually surprised that it was that early because I didn't see one for a long time. And honestly, yeah, the coffee I isn't that fucking good. I didn't. I didn't even know that Dunkin' Donuts was not a nation. I didn't know it wasn't out west until today. I assumed it was because it was always around everywhere I grew up. So, really? Um, okay. Well, I mean, because it's it wasn't. It, I, I never went anywhere as a kid that didn't wouldn't have had it. Um, right. But uh, yeah. Um, so he's about to do the jump. He's supposed to jump with like wings onto like a padded thing, but it's Sean like a notices squirrel suit. Yes. Essentially, Sean notices something peculiar about the suit. Yeah, some of the stitching on the part where you extend the wings mm-hmm. um, seems mm-hmm. to be a little bit loose. So mm-hmm. he stops him right before he's about to jump off, and they both go over the side of the building, but mm-hmm. luckily manage to like hang on to the side. Yeah, they both get pulled up, and obviously Dutch is really pissed off. Um, but it does, you know, Sean saves him him to, yeah, he saved him and Sean tells him to like, you know, extend the wings like you normally would. And sure enough, if he were to have done that, one of the wings would have completely not worked. And so they're back in Dutch's, uh, trailer and they try to come clean about saying they're animal rights activists, but of course there are no animals in his act. So that doesn't really work. Um, and so they admit that they were hired by his son. And of course, Dutch is a Christian man. He doesn't want voodoo dark forces, you know? Um, but, uh, you know, he's dismissive. Oh, this wasn't tampered with. I bought it back in 1977. I once jumped out of a blimp and had a heart attack in midair. And three hours later, I was eating a BLT at Red Robin. True story. Second Red Robin mention. Just wanna. Yeah, you know, fuck, I kind of want Red Robin. 
Yum. Um, yeah. Um, and so, yeah, Dutch fires them, and he gets Red to throw them out. And while Red is in the process of tossing them out the trailer, he notices uh, Red's tattoo, which mm-hmm. looks like it says Vicky, but it says mm-hmm. Vikings. So I mm-hmm. guess this is kind of Sean thinking that Red is now involved in this exactly. sabotaging. So then we cut to a stakeout with uh, Lassie and Jules, and Jules is telling uh, Lassie should wear his turtleneck. He looks good. Wear a cologne. His hair short. And Lassie, and I think that Jules is being stupid for not realizing that this is going to happen. Lassie thinks that Jules is coming on to him, saying, you know, that she isn't him. And she, of course, shuts this down. But it's like, what do you think would happen when you start talking about how your boss should start wearing cologne? You know what I mean? Like, come on. Yeah. And I mean, I honestly, I want to see what that red burgundy turtleneck looks like on him. Yeah, I mean, I feel like he, I feel like he has, he has a long neck. I feel like a turtleneck wouldn't be a bad idea. Um, Correct. Um, so yeah, she, sure enough, she tells him that that's not what it is at all, and she basically admits that Vic tasked her with finding him mm-hmm. a girlfriend, and she's got a friend. But you know, at first, Lassie's mm-hmm. right on the money, where mm-hmm. he mentions that it's an invasion of his privacy and his. And he's and it's very unprofessional. And then after mm-hmm. some realization, he decides that actually he does need their help getting set up. Yeah, specifically because he like has considered planting evidence on his uh, wife's new boyfriend. So like he's kind of in a bad spot. Yeah, um, and he cuts but, his frozen dinners like in half and microwaves them or some shit. Yeah, shit. sad stuff. Um, and so anyway, uh, Jules leaves the car to get a hotspot for her cell phone. You know, two thousand seven problems. Um, mm-hmm. And then we see Sean and Gus get led in backstage uh, to snoop around because they think that Red is the bad guy. Um, and yeah, we see Red take, yeah, taking the bike around, and they're, like, sneaking on him. Sean uses one of the machines to get some nuts, which is just, you know, notable. And this is when Gus says that he's graceful like a jackal, which, of course, Gus comparing himself to a jackal is a recurring theme with the show. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, but we see that Red doesn't do anything to the bike, but he does grab a case of something, like a orange box and bring it into a room uh and they look in the door and uh what's going on there yeah uh dutch is back there and um you know um uh, red is basically injecting him with some fluids um uh, sean tries to read what they are obviously butchers what the actual medication is and turns out gus knows what it is and these two medicines are for someone who has pancreatic cancer, specifically mm-hmm. someone who is like on their way out. Yeah. I mean, the unfortunate thing about pancreatic cancer is that the Venn diagram is pretty overlap. It's, you know, one of the worst you can have. I don't, I, as far as I know, it's still like almost impossible. And maybe I'm wrong, but I think it's basically uh, one of the few that's still not um, very curable. So, yeah. Sad stuff for him. Mm-hmm. Um, and. We once again back go back to the fact that he has no will. So like who what is this who's standing to gain from this? Um And why kill someone who's already dying? Exactly. We, Gus mentioned that he has his estate planner on speed dial, um, which of course he does. Uh and so they're going they go into the the trailer, they sneak in looking for a will. And there's a pretty obviously, you know, if you see in the detective shows, you know what a tile that has something hidden under it looks like. And there is one of those. And there's a little envelope inside. And uh, what is inside it? Uh, it appears to be a life insurance policy. So not a will, but a life insurance policy. But And, and, and Sean needs help reading it because he 
doesn't know anything. Like, he tried to set up a 401k and set up a 601k because India doesn't have 401k, and now they have 500 rupees, which is $13. I've, I just want to go through this. I like that joke a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do they, plus, you have almost 500 rupees. That's $13, Sean. Do they have 601ks in India? I don't know. I They might have just made that up. But let me actually see what the current exchange rate is. Um, India, rupee to USD. Uh, I'm guessing it's like $2 or something. Uh, $6. So, say what you will about the dollar, but yeah, it's still yeah. pretty good. I mean... Yeah. Um, and honestly, to, to be quite honest with you, the thing that's most surprising here is that who the fuck would insure this guy anyways? Great question. Great. I mean, he's probably paying out the nose. If you're him, it would make sense to pay out the nose for premiums if you know you're going to die. Now, this is, of course, insurance fraud, but I'm not saying anything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, true. Uh, um, so, yeah, what they noticed from, like, the legalese, essentially, is that if Dutch dies of natural causes, the payout is minimal. However, if he dies during a stunt, the beneficiary mm-hmm. receives $1.2 million. Mm-hmm. And those beneficiaries are Lewis and Vicky. So mm-hmm. if we already kind of um, yeah. are skeptical of them being, you know, behind this, then I think there's only one option left. Yes. So we then cut to Sean's backstage when Dutch is about to do his stunt. And he stops him to apologize. And he's like, I was wrong about you. I thought you were just the kid who shot milk out of his eye. But it's all about family to you. And he's like, that's why you've been trying to kill yourself. So it's not a mur- attempted murder at all. It's attempted suicide. Um, and he had to make sure that... Yeah, he had to die during the stunt. And yeah. um, the problem, of course, is that he's like too good of a stuntman instinctually. And so he keeps surviving. Um, and, uh, you know, what Sean says to him... Actually, you go, because I don't want to just describe this whole scene. But it is a... It's, it's a I'll say this. This scene get, bumps this episode up a full half star for me just because I think it comes out of nowhere, but it's a really good scene in my opinion. Correct, yeah. So, yeah, like you said, Sean basically notices that he's been sabotaging his own stunts, and he also tells him, like, hey, if you want to go out this way so that your family gets a nice payday, I'm not going to stop you. I'm not going to say anything if I'm asked about it, and... But he does assure him that if Lewis and Vicky would rather have him around for six more months than have, you know, a nice payout, uh, that they would rather have him for six more months. And Dutch basically says that he's wrong. He doesn't believe that that's Mm. true and that he was that kid in class. No, you missed the joke. It's a misdirect. He says you're wrong thinking that he's talking about that. But what he's saying is that he's wrong about him being the kid with the milk in the eye. That he's not saying – you think he's saying – you're wrong about them, but he's like, it's one of those things where it's just like, he, what Sean says is, you. I thought you were just the kid who shot milk out of your eye, yada, 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 yada. And then Gutch goes, you're wrong. And Sean's thinking he's talking about the other thing. He's like, I was the kid who shot milk out of his eye. That he's not saying you're, because also with the, the way the episode ends, where he ends up successfully uh, doing the stun, you, I think you get the idea that he decides not to. Well, I mean, yeah, you see that, but Sean doesn't, he doesn't react that way, where he thinks that he's not going to do it. I mean, yeah, I, I, I get the idea that if he was going to do it, he would have done it right then and there. I don't know why you would wait. Like, I, I just, I don't know. No, 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 for sure. But but the way that Sean acts after he leaves, when he's going down the tunnel, it sounds like he thinks he's going to fucking do it right then and there. It doesn't sound yes. like he thinks he's going to survive this particular stunt. So that's what I'm saying. Right. 
Um, and so then, you know, there's a you hear, like I said, the voiceover of the announcer talking about he finished the stunt. Then we cut back to Lassie and Jules for the end bit, where Lassie is chatting up a woman in the car when Jules comes back, and um, Lassie's like, oh, "I just talked to your friend Blair," and it's like, "This is not my friend. I didn't invite her to the stakeout. She's a professional." And what does Lassie say? Which is one of my favorite lines in the episode. I guess we're not on for Saturday? No. If he says, she's a professional, and he says, please tell me you're a hitman. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, so she's a prostitute. <laughs> so, uh, you know, she they both flash the badge at her, and she takes off, and that's when Lassie says, I guess we're not on for Saturday anymore, are we? Mm-hmm. And the episode ends. Kind of abruptly. Exactly. Um, and uh, what would you give this episode out of 10? I give it an 8 out of 10. So do I. If not for that last scene, it will be a 7.5, but I think that that's just a very nice moment. Um, and I like that this, I like that Psycho allows itself to have those nice moments rather than... There's nothing more frustrating than a show that like deprives itself of having emotional moments because everything needs to be funny. Like There's nothing really funny about that scene, but it's well-written and well-acted, so it's, it's good, you know? Agreed. Yes. Anyway, Andre, crazy question. Where can people follow you on the internet? You could follow me at andrebrera.bluesky.social hey, You're damn right. That's why I asked that question that way. You can follow me on Twitter at the Jake Christie. If you're on Blue Sky, it's at jchristie.bluesky.social because uh, why would I use another? I still don't understand the point of not just letting it be at jchristie, but whatever. I'm not gonna um, question it. If you want to follow me on threads, um, reconsider what social media you want to put in your life. Uh, if you want to go back to Facebook in 2012, be my guest, but know that that's what you're doing if you're on threads. Um, you, but, can follow, uh, you can also follow me at on Truth Social at um, the Jay Christie. You can follow me on at Truth Social at Real Donald Trump. No. Um, <laughs> but I'm on threads at Jake T. Christie. No, I don't use it. Um, I use Instagram, but once again, I, I just can't understand people are like, I'm going over threads. It's like, you go over threads and it's the most basic, it's jokes that were tweeted in like 2013, you know? Be like, I'm so out on it. It's like, oh man, uh, I, is this dinner? I just had a glass of rosé and a cut bag of potato chips. I'm so weird. It's like, bro, st- I thought we got past that, you know? Um, I can't and, wait till I see somebody like put a, a candles budget tweet or oh no someone did someone has stolen a bunch of drill tweets already i saw the i forget what it was it's like oh, some man. meme account i just man it's re- this is gonna sound so pretentious and horrible but i think you would agree with me when you see how people who are not addicted to the internet post you're, it feels like it's an alien language it's like how are you have like and this is one thing this is a me problem but it's like how do you post with so zero irony like there's they have no sense of irony or themselves or Anything. It's just like, I, uh, anyway. I yeah. shouldn't leave this in because this makes you look bad, but you know I'm right. Like, it's crazy. I got you, brother. I know. Yeah. Anyway. More importantly than that, though, please rate, review, subscribe, share the show with the biggest psych fan in your life, and more important than that, even, tune in next time as we talk about the greatest, as we talk about the greatest adventure in the history of basic people.